And thanks to Cryer Malt, local malt for local people, this is Radio Brews News. My name is not Matt Kierkegaard, founder of Australian Brews News. And as ever, I am joined by my friend, colleague and all-round good beer guy, Pete Professor Pilsner-Mitchum. G'day, Pete. Thanks, Pete. Yeah. That's a great intro. And uh, <laughs> I should mention, Matt, that I'm also joined by Australian Brews News editor, James Atkinson. James, welcome back to Radio Brews News. Are you sure you don't want to play the part of me as well? <laughs> I was thinking about that and I thought, I, I just can't do your voice as well. <laughs> but if How's you can just pretend people? to be deaf in one ear, uh, that'll help me just sort of get into the mood of, uh, of as if I was talking to Matt. <laughs> Mate, it's been, it's, it has been a good week. Uh, we should point out to listeners, regular listeners will, will notice, yeah, the absence of Matt, if not by looking at how long this episode actually takes. You'll know that, uh, yeah, Matt is, at the moment, he's jetting overseas. He's on his way to London, I think, isn't he, James? Yeah, and I think he's got a absolutely packed program of brewery visits while he's over there. So, you know, while he, he'll be spending some quality time with his partner, it's all work for him. That's it. And I, I did notice, too, that he bumped into uh, James Gudgeon, from the Good Beer Company uh, at the airport lounge. And so I think they're going to also catch up over there. So, yeah, Matt's plans may may get stretched uh, to fit in a couple more things. And we should point out just quickly, for those who aren't aware of James Gudgeon and the, the Good Beer Company, their uh, one beer at the moment is uh, Great Barrier Beer, which is with the um, Conservation Foundation. They're raising funds towards rehabilitation of the Great Barrier Reef. And so in, I guess, similar vein to Brumanity, we had David Neitz on a little while ago talking about Brumanity, which is, you know, good beer good deeds, good people, that kind of thing. James is involved in that sort of thing as well. And this week he's over in London for the great get-together, which is one of those, I guess, feel-goods that's come out of tragedy where Labor MP Joe Cox was sadly tragically murdered and her maiden speech really kind of centred around, you know, in, in England and it's pretty relevant today, that the things that bring us together and, and make us similar are actually greater than, than those that divide us. So the great get-together has been sort of put together as, you know, get in touch with your neighbours or get a street event going or do something to just sort of, you know, make friends with each other. And um, I think James is involved in a great get-together pale ale, which he's over there. So we might even catch up with him uh, later on once he gets back. Good stuff. Yeah. Mate, how's your week been? I hear you've been out to a couple of new places. Yeah, well, inner West Sydney, it really is, you know, fast becoming one of the most highly concentrated places in Australia for breweries. And probably the most recent opening was the Cellador of Wildflower Brewing and Blending opened the Saturday before last. And that's Topher Bohm, formerly of Batch Brewing, um, also in Marrickville has set up his own his own company, which is sort of more, I suppose, making more Belgian-influenced beers using wild yeast, which he's harvested in regional New South Wales. So I went and checked that out on Saturday afternoon, and, and he's got two different beers, um, sort of like a, a Saison-ish style beer that, that's just simply called Gold, and then a uh, beer to guard style beer that's just called Amber, and then just a table beer as well, which is sort of like a, I think like a grisette kind of thing. So that was really cool, just kind of seeing, you know, uh, just a, a brewery that's come to market with a very different positioning to what else is already out there. And then after that, I went along to another little brewery, which I've been meaning to check out for ages, it's not new, called Black Font, which is, which is like, Basically, these guys have got a brewery, a little brewery under their house and tap room, which is only open on very limited hours over the weekend. And they're just pumping out some great beers. And, it, you know, it's, it's only open till 5 p.m., so very limited hours, but well worth going down and, and checking it out. And just very unique, the fact that it's, you know, a tap room that's actually part of their house. 
Yeah, sounds very cool. And we might even just put some links to um, the addresses and the opening hours and that sort of thing in the show notes for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, you know, we're Sydney, you know, as, as I said, Wildflowers just opened, but there's another two breweries that are in the pipeline all within, you know, a few blocks of each other in that area. So I think... They're not both I in Marrickville as well, are they? They are. There's two more coming in Marrickville. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I, I'd challenge anyone to name an area of Australia where, you know, there's a higher concentration of breweries just in that one in one suburb. Apparently there's a push with the local council there to rename Marrickville TARDIS because apparently yeah, it can fit a lot more into it than, than what it appears from the outside. In fairness, it is actually a really big suburb. So that, that's that's uh, it's probably being a little bit disingenuous by comparing it with, <laughs> with some other suburbs. But, yeah, really quite exciting to see what's going on in the inner west. So, Jack, what is the attraction there specifically, you know, in the inner west? West and, and Marrickville specifically, is it, uh, you know, all I've heard is it's kind of, you know, I guess, regentrifying process that it's going through. It's sort of, it's semi-industrial or, so there's some, I guess, some cheaper real estate available, but is it because there aren't neighbours around as yet or, you know, what, what's the deal? Is, is council? I mean, want... I think there's just different zones within Marrickville and there's certain, there are a lot of, you could walk through some areas of it and think, oh, why is everyone putting breweries here? It's purely residential, but there's definitely parts of it that are, you know, completely industrial. So I think there are properties popping up every now and then, not that you can find them easily because I know, you know, Sam Fawcett Filter, they're, they're looking around that area as well and they've had trouble finding the right property. So it's not like there's, you know, limitless options out there, but there is definitely sort of a lot of industrial land there that can suit brewing. There we go. And listen, I guess the yin to the yang for every uh, brewery that, well, not for everyone, but uh, yeah, where, where, where one brewery opens, uh, others become for sale. And we saw in uh, Australian Brews News recently that Rocks, the stainless steel portion of Rocks is, is up for sale. Yeah, well, actually, I must confess or must tip my hat to Crafty Pint because this was one of the few occasions where they actually broke the news because we actually haven't written anything on that story yet, but watch this space. But yeah, Rocks has been put on the market. It seems like there's a few different models that they're, you know, ways that they'll, you know, consider a sale, whether it's just specifically uh, that Alexandria property where their brewery is with the tap room, you know, whether it also includes the leaseholds of the two pubs that they have, you know, and then obviously the Rocks brand itself. So, you know, it's a bit unclear at this stage which direction they'll go in and, and who that may appeal to. Um, there's, what I understand, there's, uh, you know, a couple of international brands, international companies that might even be sniffing around. In Australia at the moment, we've seen, you know, obviously Brewdog talk about doing something over here. Is Goose Island going to do a brew pub in Australia? So, you know, there's possibly other potential suitors out there other than some of the brand names that we might have thought would have suited that property. Yeah, and and whilst the future, perhaps at this stage, is not unclear, it seems that the reasons for the sale are fairly clear, and that is that, I guess, the scale just hasn't quite matched the demand. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just gotten very competitive. In, the, I mean, a lot's changed in the in the two or three years since Rocks expanded into that facility, and I think they were very heavily leveraged in order to do it. So I think that they've found it tough, like a lot of breweries have, in competition for tap points and competition for consumer loyalty and everything else. Yeah, we certainly are, a, and we've said it before, but they're a very promiscuous bunch when it comes to our uh, our craft drinking sort of habits. Yeah, and listening actually to the great interview with Andrew Wong from Two Brothers that you guys did last week, you know, he was talking about how he was expecting there's going to be a lot of consolidation within the next two, three, four years. I mean, I think we're already kind of seeing that happening a little bit because, um, yeah, Rocks is one example, but if you 
dig around, you can find that there are actually always breweries that are on the market at any one time. So it's just often they're not that public, but there is consolidation happening and, and there's probably going to be more to come. And for our listeners out there, if you can't actually afford a brewery, perhaps you might be interested in a beer brand rather than a, a brewery. Yeah, well, the beer brand Walker's Brewing that was resurrected last year by Tony Fitzgerald. Walker's was apparently the dominant player in the early 1900s in central western New South Wales. And Tony's a bit of a character, a very passionate character, who brought that back to life last year. But unfortunately, due to ill health, he has put it on the market and he's hoping that someone else is going to be able to finish executing what he started. Yeah. Now, Neil Cameron, I think, has kind of put his hands in the in the kettle, so to speak, in terms yeah. of the brewing of the beer. Yeah, he's created the beer. And actually, I haven't tried it, but from, from all accounts, it's it's a great beer that was you know made with ingredients that would have been available at the time. It's sort of inspired by one of the original Walker's Brewing recipes. Yeah. And look, while, while we wish Tony well with the sale, all of us here at Brews News wish him even better health and wellness into the future. Absolutely. Get well soon, Tony. Well, James, I don't know. Is there much else in the in the news? We don't have any cards and letters, folks. So do all that usual stuff that Matt rabbits on about, and um, you know, phone us in or you know, send us a carrier pigeon or I don't know, tie a message around a brick and throw it through Matt's. The Matt's address is. I'll just look it up. No, we probably shouldn't put that up. But send us a, a message or give us a review on iTunes. Help other people find us. Anything else, James? Before we hit the road and let these people go. I'm good if you are. Yeah, that's pretty pretty much right. We might speak next week because I'm not sure if Matt's back, but uh, you and I might hopefully get a chance to catch up again and have a chat, and we might talk a little bit about the uh, Brewpub Brouhaha that's brewing, did you see what I did there, uh, in the US at the moment with, uh, I guess, you know, a bit of competition between brew pubs versus straight retailers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's something that, I mean, I don't think that we really have in Australia much of a tradition of these brew pubs or that are of a level of sophistication that they're competing directly with pubs but you know it's something we're starting to see more and more of and it'll be interesting to see if that's a an issue that arises in australia what's your personal i guess your your opinion or can you see a brew pub that has and i think the issue is that where a brew pub also has guest taps and then other retailers who are a pub you know trying to sell eight ten different breweries beers find that you know the brewery up the road that's perhaps wanting to supply them is actually in direct competition with them do you reckon that'll happen here? Um, well, does it require? I mean, it just—I suppose it depends on what different jurisdiction breweries are in. Different states have different laws. I'm not sure whether you're—you know—you you can only sell what beers that you produce on site in some states. What's the situation in Melbourne? Do you need a different license to do that? Yeah, I know you, you have your producer's license, um, but then I think—and I'll use say Stomping Ground as an example. I think they pretty sure they, they then have a, a separate liquor license to run the restaurant side of things. They're obviously allowed to sell their own beers to themselves and, and sell their beer through their own bar. Uh, but I think if they were to get either guest taps or wine or cider or spirits, that that comes under a separate license. But it might be interesting if we do get more brew pubs and they end up, you know, I guess selling to the ABC hotel on the corner, does the ABC hotel start getting a bit narky that you know, if you're only selling your own beers, yeah, I'm happy with that. But once you start bringing other people's beers in, then you're kind of working in the same space as me. Some of them might say the more the merrier, you know, because you're going to bring people in and create a, an activity precinct where perhaps there wasn't one before. So as Matt likes to say, the rising tide floats all boats. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think something we've definitely seen in Sydney is, um, you know, with the rise of the small bar is that pubs have had to lift their game in order to provide, you know, a quality of food and beverage that they 
didn't have to previously in order to compete with small bars. So, so I think there's definitely something in in that. I mean, I think that it's probably great for the consumer that they've got all these new places opening that we can go out and enjoy a drink. That's it. And look, I don't know whether it's just me getting a bit older, but my habits certainly have changed over the last decade or so, and not because of the availability of beer, but because of the, I guess, you know, you, you tend to become a little bit more time poor with families and that sort of thing. So the trend is I would drink more at home, you know, litres per year than I would out, even including, you know, the number of events that you're going to as, a, you know, on a professional basis. So it might be good to see, you know, people getting out and about more so than sort of drinking at home. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Watch this space. Well, look, if we don't have anything else, I think we might let these people go. In the other half of the show today, available uh, on the download, is a great interview with Owen Johnston, OJ, from uh, Hop Products Australia. The Hop Report, uh, the Crop Report, has just been released, and we have a very good chat with OJ about all things hoppy. Absolutely. It's a great chat. Mate, it was good to catch up with you. Matt, we wish you all the best. Safe travels, and we'll see you when you get back. But just, you know, for the purposes of this experiment, you weren't missed. James, great to have you joining us, and I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Sounds good, Prof. Have a good week. No worries. Freya, take us out with some good umpa music or something else, whichever you like. It's up to you. Cheers, guys, and we'll see you next week. And we're out.